Hey, hey, and welcome to another edition of the Hardwood Dynasty Basketball Podcast. My name is Huck Breeze. After a layoff of a couple weeks, I am joined here with Max Breeze and Ethan Levine. Guys, this is the 12th episode. It feels like we've been doing this forever. How are you guys doing? It's been a while since we've done an episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good addition. That's insane. That's insane. I'm going to try to hold back from not restarting this whole thing after that uh, (laughs) insane impression. Max and I have a long history of of arguing about the validity of certain grunge bands from the 90s. Like, I'll be like, all right, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, like, uh, those are some of my favorites. Max will be like, and Bush. I'm like, okay, okay, well, I don't don't want to stack Bush up with Nirvana and and Pearl Jam. And this the is light. this Why? is more important than any introduction we could do, Huck. What is your stance on Bush in the hierarchy of like '90s grunge bands? So, okay, if we're talking about Bush on the hierarchy, I mean, so like San Antonio. I went to college in San Antonio. San Antonio was big on '90s rock for whatever reason. They still are. They have like two or three radio stations that are like literally just dedicated to Metallica. And <laughs> great place to be. Yeah, I mean, say, nothing wrong with that. There's just it's just huge there. Um, like Ozfest and stuff. It just attracts like a lot of people in San Antonio. And Bush used to play a lot of concerts in San Antonio, and like they were super, super small, intimate venues. Uh, <laughs> you, it, it was like you go see Bush. It's like seeing Smash Mouth. Okay, like we're we're looking at like somebody where it's like they're never going to make new music. They probably, you know, live a very, you know, poor lifestyle and you know, they're famous, their songs are 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 good, but they're not uh rock and roll hall of fame type of they were on Monday Night Football, uh, the halftime show. What was yeah, the Yeah, what's the bullshit car brand? I don't know. I was really Huck, what, who sponsors the halftime show that they do concerts for? It starts with a K. Is it Kia? No, it's not Kia. No, it's no. not Kia. It's, it's like, way worse. Hold yeah. on. I'm looking it up. Yeah, look it up real quick. Monday Night Football halftime. So Genesis halftime show. Uh, Genesis. The Genesis halftime show. They had a lot of bad concerts and they had Bush. Um, yeah. no, I put where Bush, it started was when they I were the I put act. Bush up there with like live, you know, and like like other just really like uh, they're not up there with Third Eye Blind as far as most popular. Well, Third Eye Blind band. still making music. Well, Third Eye yeah. Blind. We saw Third Eye Blind like six months before the pandemic hit. That was like the yeah. last concert I went to. Oh, yeah. Third Eye Blind. I didn't get to see Third Eye Blind. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's a different story for a different time. I saw live. It will be told. I saw live at at ACL a few years ago, and that's my go-to dad joke. Is this is this live? (laughs) Stephanie is like, yes, yes, it's it's live. Um, But uh, but yeah, all right, all right, enough enough band talk. Let's let's get in some basketball and you know we're going to be here for a long time um let's talk about the bubble we'll talk about uh, people getting in on the playoffs here um oh, bubble stresses me out two weeks left yeah two weeks left uh i know it stressed you out max but you are looking significantly better than you were last week uh so luca my balls 
is back in the situation. We didn't. I personally didn't think that Luke and my balls would be back in this bubble situation, considered to make the playoffs. Uh, tax day is Thursday. And so uh, one thing, little side note here: uh, is tax day Thursday for like? Is it still tax day Thursday, or is that been extended? So there's extensions, which are October fifteenth, and he'll have like another tax season that's stressful as hell in like September, October, but. Like I, so I talked to him earlier today, actually, this is my update for the podcast because he's coming into town this weekend to see his folks play a little golf with his dad um, because tax day is Thursday. And then he gets a good little chunk of time off starting Friday. So then he was like, Hey, I'm, what are you doing this weekend? Like, I'm going to be in town in that conversation. I was like, by the way, like (laughs) if your schedule frees up starting Friday, like you're still very much alive for the playoffs in this league. (laughs) And he was like, really? And let me tell you. Yeah, dude. Like, and you play, um, you play a very beatable team this week. There's only two weeks till the hey, playoffs. Hey, hey. So you should like maybe set your lineup. And then I looked today and he, all of a sudden Larry Markkinen's off an IL spot and in his lineup and oh, no. he made all these changes. So I was like, yes. Oh, uh, because if Herwitz gets in at the eight seed, but then is trying like he did early in the season, then it's just going to fuck a lot. It's, it's going to fuck a lot of stuff up in a hilarious, I'm not making the playoffs anyway. So I just am here watching the world burn. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that's just surprising. And I don't believe for one second that he had no idea that he was even close. Uh, he, he sets his lineup, you know, he doesn't make moves. He sets his lineup. So I know that he knows where he kind of generally is. Unless Every he's Monday just, he does the set active players for the week. So it, he's not moving dudes in and out of injury spots or ad drops, but he's got his dudes that are playing every day. Playing. It's just so bizarre. That's just so bizarre to me that somebody will wake up and set their lineup once a week and just neglect it for the entire rest of the week. But on the dot does it every Monday. It's just, wow. I will say one Hurwitz is, is, a unique dude. People that have met him can attest to that. He's not a no social media presence, nothing like that. Like, mm-hmm. like triumphantly. And two, he really has been working like 70, 75 hour weeks, goes into the office seven days a week. So I don't, I, I also think it's unusual, but also like, I think he only even does the beginning of Monday thing because I asked him to. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I feel like that could be a rally cry for him though. Like coming in and just being like tax season's over, bitch. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. if that's anything, his villain slip. I'm thinking I'm back. I'm thinking I'm back. Um I, I, when it comes to the bubble, Victor is the most interesting person in the league. He's currently in eighth. Mm-hmm. Um I have a very narrow lead on him. Uh, both Luke and Luke of my balls are still in it technically, but Victor this week. Faces Hong Kong Heroes, best team in the league. And Neil, um, who surprisingly lost to me and my ragtag group of misfits last week. Neil is only two and a half games ahead of me. And is, uh, let's see, who's he facing this week? Neil faces Monstar Jams this week, who could easily beat him, you know, in another seven to three, seven to four kind of manner. At which point Neil starts to be in danger. Like really, everybody between six and ten, it's it's still open season. I don't think Neil's in any danger of losing eight games to Luke and my balls in the next uh, two weeks. I I, I just don't. He, Luke and my balls is not going to get a free ride from me. 
He's just, he's just not. I mean, I no, look, I don't expect him to, but Huck, and this is like, yeah, I say this like with a smirk, but also just as recitation of fact, you have a worse roto score than Kevin Ware's knee because he plays so few players that he's high enough <laughs> ahead of you in the percentages and turnovers that even being last place in every single counting stat, he has a better roto score than you. So <laughs> just pointing to a dead body right now, I, going, this like, guy's better than you. <laughs> Like, I, like, I don't expect you to roll over for him. I don't expect him to try that much harder. Maybe in the weekend, I still expect him to beat you seven to four or eight to three. He just beat Kevin Ware's knee 10 to one. This is where Roto, this is where Roto is misleading though. Yes and no. He has the third worst Roto. Yeah. Over, over a long season. uh, Yes. I have my team has not performed up to, to, to par. I mean, obviously it, we're almost last or dead last in a lot of different categories, but at any given week, uh, I could beat you in pretty much any given category, except for probably three pointers and points. You're second to last and in rebounds. blocks. You're second to last in rebounds. I, you're second I, to last in points. You're second to last in field goals made. You're second to last in three pointers made. Yes. No, I, and, and I get that. Kevin wears knee. But it would probably be seven to four. Oh, I beat him twice. It's it's over. <laughs> I took I took the season series. Um, it's my only two wins of the season. So, uh, and you know I I'll, I'll wear that with pride. Uh, but but yeah. So uh, you know I I think it, I took Chase on seven to four last week. Uh, you know I beat him in a, in a number of different categories. So. It's not. It's not going to be a free win, and especially as the playoffs approach, I'm not going to, you know, give him a free ride. Everything. Everybody's got to work for everything. Um, I don't expect you to give him a free ride, but if you, right. but if he wins eight to three and Victor loses to Brennan just six to five, then he and Herwitz are tied going the last week. Yep. It's that. It's the, It is like those are two very realistic scores. Mm-hmm. I just, to your I point still... about Neil, I think. Yeah, I think. Neil is, I don't know that I would pick him to win a playoff game against any of these teams, but I think he's safe. I can't get over how casually Ethan pointed out that you're worse than Kevin Worsney in the Roto rankings. Like, well, I have to put them together. In, every week. in Space Jam, you are Bill Murray and Ethan just called Tweety Bird off the bench. You know, like this is, that was just supreme disrespect for all the, all the talk we do about Kevin Worsney on this. That is not, well, it like was a recitation worst. of fact. <laughs> I know. That's what makes it worse. I'd ra- I'd like ten times much rather be Bill Murray than um Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird? Newman. Well, okay. oh, Wayne Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Knight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the guy that that uh, you're mixing up. Uh, Bill Murray actually yeah. has a good Bill role. Bill Murray doesn't I mean, show up hero. at the end. Who cast Dan Aykroyd in this picture? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, he has a good role. I, I I'd be down to be uh, be Bill in this situation, but but no. Uh, moving on to the week seventeen, just to take a look at uh, these matchups. So the interesting one's going to be Neil versus Victor going into that last week. Um, sure. Oh, that's yeah, for, damn. Yeah, that's going to be a, a really good matchup, especially if things stay close right here. So if if in the case that Neil does have a rough week. Say he wins three categories, two categories. Then you know maybe you're right. If if uh, Victor can can really put it on him, then you might have Neil in trouble. Um, otherwise, if Neil just has a decent week uh, this week, and then next week he can have a decent other week, like split it. Um, I th- I think Neil's 
a breeze in. Um, but no, I, you know, Uniballers uh, has has me next week. So I face like two of the three people who really need to get in. And trust me, I know it looks like I have 107 losses, but you do not want to be facing me <laughs> right now. You don't want to be facing me. Not in April. No, no, no way. <laughs> uh, well, I think, yeah, I think Luke's in a tough spot now on the bubble because he and I just sort of canceled each other out. So that was sort of an opportunity missed toward getting back closer into the chase. Cause yeah, he's still within striking distance by the math, but it with that amount and that many teams to climb over seems less realistic. I'm going to be honest with you. If like, if things stay the way they are, I can't decide whether I'd want to be in seventh or eighth, um, depending on who, I guess it, Chase, the first place, number one seed isn't locked up. I mean, hell, one through three locked up the playoffs for sure. They have the asterisk next to their name, but yep. I don't know who I'd want to face round one. I, and I think that really matters. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. I would, I, I, I would not like to be seven or eight. <laughs> well, that's, but here's the thing. There's it. a very good chance Paul's team is a one or two seed. Like that... Between the difference between those three teams right now is the margin is much thinner than you think. And honestly, out of all of them, I think I'd want to face, I, I think I want to face Hong Kong here's the most. I know they beat my ass twice. I know it, but Chase's team, I think it's Chase and Paul. They have the two mm. best teams right now. Okay. And that's yeah. just more Hong Kong hero Brennan slander for you. Like that's just what I do <laughs> on this podcast. So I, I think that top three is has been a pretty defined top three. And there's definitely, I, I don't think there are three unbeatable teams, but I, I do kind of feel like, okay, for whoever you get out of those three teams, like you are going to get a very tough draw no matter what. So six, seven, eight matters less. From their perspective, I think where they finish one, two, three matters a lot more because for instance, if Max is the seven seed, but then LeBron comes back, well, Max was the fucking four seed before LeBron went out. And so now he's a seven seed masquerade, or he's a four seed masquerading as the seven seed. And maybe Neil is the six seed who has a, a potentially lesser team once LeBron is back. And then the three seed has it easier. Like that kind of, I think that's where the, I think for the teams that are barely getting in, they're going to have to play the best teams no matter what. But I think so, for the best teams, it's, it matters much more. They announced today LeBron's out three more weeks. So best case three scenario. More weeks? I thought two yeah. more weeks. Damn. Yeah. Best case scenario. I'm, I might have to try and sneak through the first round with Adam. See That's what Alan Horton yeah. Tucker can do. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if sneaking's the right word. Um, That's going to be tough. Yeah. You're going to have to really work for that one. Um, yeah. No, if, if, if I was in this position, which I'm not, I'm way behind. Um I don't know. I don't. I don't want to face Hong Kong heroes. I'd much, much, much rather face uh, Thunder from Down Under. Um, and and I know I just faced Chase Neat team, but Chase Neat team is the one that I really don't want to face. That's the team that I really don't. If if I got the eight seed and Chase in first, I'm just packing it up for next year because uh, he's only. Since week four, so what is that? Uh, 12 weeks, the last 12 weeks, he's won. And the only loss is to Hong Kong Heroes, and he lost five to six. 
He yep. hasn't ever lost. He's only lost twice this year, and both from five to six. Um, it's going to be extremely difficult to beat Chase's neat team, FC. Um, I would say th- the difference between Paul and Hong Kong Heroes right now is I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to say minimal, uh, but they're very similar. Um, I, I would take probably uh, the Thunder from Down Under more than Hong Kong Heroes, but that's just my opinion. And that's, you know, he's probably going to have Kawhi back for the playoffs. He's probably going to have Evan Fournier back for the playoffs. I have no idea about Otto Porter Jr., but, like, his team right now is playing well without them. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I still think Paul is – he did everything for this year. And I'm not saying – like, Brandon's obviously got an excellent team. He's been in first since fucking, like, week two. Um, But as far as who I'd rather face, which I keep saying that and I keep losing to Brennan, so – the fuck do i know um can we talk about the main event already this is all i want to talk about yes we there's one more matchup since our last recording that we haven't we haven't recapped all right fine 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 mine is it mine we haven't talked about mine right oh i i think it's yours and mine in a little (laughs) cinematic majesty okay well yeah if you guys want to talk about oh okay you're he is talking about what I want to talk about. Okay. Yeah, God. I was trying. I thought that I was throwing no. down the hoop. I thought no, you that's no God. Man, you he and laid I are it up different. for you. We are on we're on different pages the same way we are on different pages of the upcoming debate. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys had me really confused there for a second. But uh yeah, I guess we're gonna talk about um Kong versus Godzilla. You guys have seen this, I I assume. Oh yes, we and if you it. haven't just skip ahead a little. There's going to be spoilers, but if you have, you know, we're going to have a full NFL countdown, extended highlights, reactions to the post game. Absolutely. Oh, I, I have not. So explain it to me like I'm fine. <laughs> okay. I'm going to set it up for you. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Godzilla. First two Godzilla movies. He's a good guy. You know, he's a big, scary, you know, he breathes atomic fire, lightning fire out of his mouth, but he, ultimately takes on bigger, badder guys. And Mm. he is now crowned king of the monsters. Um, And so now he's just a protector of earth, you know, beloved among the people. But all of a sudden he starts attacking the shoreline, you know, uh, very specific areas um, that house scientific facilities of sorts, Mm. which is nobody finds suspect. They're like, Godzilla hates people now. They're like, oh God. We have to fight Godzilla now because he's attacking these specific shorelines that are owned by one specific company. No, That's no, ed- no, no issues. Um, so mm-hmm. what they do is they basically go to uh, this Skull little Island. bubble. Well, no, it's not Skull Island anymore. They took Kong off Skull Island. Oh, at the beginning. Um, no, no, no. Beforehand, before any of this. No, at so, the beginning, he's on Skull Island. He's Probably not on Skull movie. Island. He is in a bubble. Okay, the in a hard. in a Truman Show like bubble, Ooh, yes. and he's angry about it. He takes free and throws it, and like because they're trying to keep him contained, and he knows he's being contained. He's been tracked by humans, and mm-hmm. there's a uh, who's the lady that works with gorillas in real life or worked with them? Jane Goodall. Yeah, there's a Jane yes. Goodall like uh, babe there, and a girl Ooh. for some reason who's deaf. Um, a child, he means a, a little, little tiny child who's like deaf. A oh. 
Um, and so the Jane Goodall woman is like observing and liking Kong and the deaf girl is like also friends with Kong because Kong only befriends women because Kong is kind of a creep. Um, well, takes them up to the top of buildings. There's that the, the Jack Black movie with a blonde girl, you know, whatever. We've been over it. Yeah. So they basically go to this Jane Goodall girl and they're like, we need Kong to help us fight Godzilla. Godzilla's attacking the shoreline of this very specific company. Um, so we need to go. And she's like, no, I don't want to do it. And then they're like, but we have to. She's like, okay. And so <laughs> they like, it's pretty much that simple. They trank Kong which is a big reason partway through this movie. I'm like, do this to Godzilla. Okay. They trank Kong, put, put shackles on him and load him up on a boat and start taking him towards where they think Godzilla is um, on the ocean, which from a strategy perspective is not good because you know where Godzilla comes out of, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah, the ocean. as they're ferrying this drunk Kong, who's upset, but talking with the deaf girl in his own special way. And then they find out that he knows sign language because the deaf girl taught him sign language and it was their secret. But Jane Goodall, the doctor of, of Kong, didn't know about the sign language. So there's that. How could she not know about this? She had no idea. Only because it, the way they write it in is that Kong, it makes it seem like Kong only trusts this child. Like yep. she's like the innocent, like she's the only one that's actually looking out for him because she's not a corrupt adult. And so like he only indulges in the sign language with her. Right. Right. Hmm. So he knows secret sign language and he talks about it with the with the little girl. And little girl's basically like, you have to fake Kong in sign language. And he's like, all right. All right. Um, and so, but he's on this ship. He's finally calmed down. And then Godzilla comes up because they're not going to get along. You know, it's, it's, yeah. he's the king of the monsters and he knows Kong is not feeling that. And so he <laughs> and Kong fight and it's not even close. Like it's like a, like Kong gets a few good punches in. And then Godzilla's like, wait, I can breathe underwater and takes him down underwater. And then uh, they basically like shoot a uh, like a missile at Godzilla while he's dragging him down. And then he releases Kong. Kong comes back up, and they're like, "Oh, put him back on the boat." Um, and so he loses to Kong on the ocean. And they're like, "Okay, that didn't work. We have another idea." So then they start talking about how there's a in the middle of the Earth. There's like a secret Middle Earth, not. Yes, not where you think the Earth's core would be, yeah. based no, on no, no, high no. school science. It's no, you. We were all wrong about that. Nope. Upside There's down Godzilla jungles. in there. It's an entire spherical universe where, like, the ground is on the ground, but also above you, like the end of Interstellar. It's very Inception-y in that okay. way. Wow. It's yeah. the, the whole. It's all folded on each other, and they're like, only Kong can get through. We tried to get through, and it didn't work. Like my brother died trying to get through, so now I gotta get through, and. Oh. And they're like, well, no, it's more dangerous for Kong. And they're like, but we got to do it. And then Jane Goodall's like, okay. Um, which like this whole, her whole role in this is we can't put Kong in danger. And it takes like two seconds every single time. Like can't put Kong in danger. He's like, but we have to. And she's like, okay. And so they're like, with well, the only portal we know about is in Antarctica. Now remember this later, they go to Antarctica, right? And they find a hole. And they're like, all right, we're going to take our special ship, our special space ship that can, that won't get crushed. Go to the center of the Earth. We're going to go to the center of the Earth. And we're going to tell Kong to also go to there. And so he does. <laughs> and so they go and they go through like this fucking portal and it's a jungle. And they're like, wow, everything's crazy in here. And there's like pterodactyls and stuff. And it looks like Skull Island again. Like they basically just took Skull Island and <laughs> made it round. Um, they didn't invest in new sets. 
No, that's the thing. It's they're like, oh, look, it's another Skull Island. And Kong's like, oh, it looks like Skull Island. I'm home again. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're like traveling through and, and they find like this energy source that looks kind of like Godzilla's lightning, but it blinks. And, and then Kong finds an axe that blinks like it has Godzilla's energy. And he's like, oh, I know what this is now. And then he sits on a, a seat and he's like, this must be for me. Wait a second. Wait a second. Kong has a has a has an fire axe. axe. That- he has so, yeah, an axe that harnesses the same nuclear energy that Godzilla uses. I so he can Thor. harness that and he could harness a, a shield if he wanted to. And he can communicate with the humans. But Max is still about to argue for Godzilla. So it's Endgame yeah. Thor axe, basically. That's what it looks like. Yes, um, that's a fair. That's a fair. So and he just discovers it. And he's like, oh, this must be for me. And then he sits on the throne, which there's this big uh, Godzilla or not Godzilla uh, uh, monkey throne room. And he's like, all right, here we go. Now, while this is happening, while he's doing his little exploration of center Earth, Godzilla is going to attack another shoreline, again, owned by a very specific company that does technology and things along those lines. That nobody has vetted. Not one the, Google. And everybody's just like, why, why are these locations? Like they, they're <laughs> saying this during the movie. They're like, cause uh, it's Kyle Chandler. Coach Taylor's tracking. He's like, I just I don't clear eyes, full hearts. I don't know why he's doing this, you know? And like, it's, and so he goes to Hong Kong, but then all of a sudden it's like, whenever Kong picks up this ax, which why they picked Hong Kong in a King Kong movie, they couldn't have picked any other Asian city, but I digress. It made it very confusing when they're like, Hong Kong, 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 Hong Kong. Um, all of a sudden, he he like can feel it when when uh, what's his name, King Kong picks up the axe and he just looks down and he just breathes a big hole into the ground and this hole goes all the way to King Kong at the That's center it. of the Earth. At the center of the Earth. Remember, the only way to get there is to Antarctica. But Godzilla just goes Bleh! and then Kong goes up through it, and it's time to fight. And to, on the human side, they're like, all right, we have to root for Kong, okay? Because he's, Godzilla's going to destroy the shoreline owned by a very specific company. And like, we, he, this is the only way, you know, we have to have Kong win. And this one's actually a good fight. They finally, they gave Kong an axe, a Thor axe, and they're mm-hmm. fighting, they're wriggling around, and it's a whole thing. Um, and Ethan, I I'm, I'm, might miss out on some of the specifics here, but I just know that it ends with Godzilla. Oh yeah. Oh, he dislocates the shoulder. That's he right. dislocates Kong's shoulder. And so, and that's Kong's wow. back swing and shoulder. Um, and so Kong or Godzilla puts his foot on his chest. He's standing on him and he screams in his face. It's the thing you saw in the previews. And it's basically yeah. like, uh, all right, son, like you, now, you know, and why isn't he Kong just screens back? They meet, they have yeah, meeting but screens. Eventually Kong submits though. Like they, they scream, they scream, they scream. Godzilla screams more, more good. Yeah. Kong Kong's submits because like, he's got Godzilla's foot on his chest and a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. So he, it was so a scream battle. Yeah. And so, but <laughs> Kong is like, okay, I lose. I'm like, like put his head to the side. And Godzilla's like, mm. yeah, bitch. Like, cause that's all he wants. He wants to be king of the monsters. And so Godzilla starts mm-hmm, going back to the ocean. He even gets part of the way out there. 
when all of a sudden, which there's a whole side story with Millie Bobby Brown that I don't want to talk about. It yes, really with a, she's a, basically a high schooler who links up with a conspiracy theorist. Paperboy. Like, this is the smartest. Ad- oh, Paperboy from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And this is the smartest adult I know. And this adult conspiracy theorist is like, yeah, is like, oh, yeah, like I definitely I can't think of any better ally in this than a 16 year old girl I just met on the street. <laughs> It's, it's a it's a bad twist of events, but it's all basically to explain. So they sneak into the technical facility in Hong Kong, which, again, teenage girl. She's from America. She got to Hong Kong willy nilly. No problem. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. And so they're like they go into the technical facility and all of a sudden they see robot Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And these guys used. Uh, the the heads from the three headed monster from King of the Monster, King Ghidorah, to like try and power up a robot Godzilla, and then they took some of the stuff that they mined from where uh, King Kong found his axe to mm-hmm. really. They're like, all right, this is a great power source. This is unlimited power source to really power up robot Godzilla to the point where the guy that controls robot Godzilla is his head like explodes. So it's just mm-hmm. robot Godzilla acting on his own. It's Mecha Godzilla. It's just evil robot comes out. Where's Kong right now? He is. He is at this point just being sort of defeated in round one. So now it's not Kong versus Godzilla. It's Godzilla versus Metal Godzilla. Metal Godzilla. Yes, and he'll end up recruiting Kong to help him. Metal Godzilla. So to kill Metal Godzilla because Metal Godzilla comes out swinging. You know, he's got lasers, all kinds of lasers. Now this is this is getting good. That's the thing. So then there's, and flesh Godzilla, yeah. Which, by the way, this evil company that Kong kept attacking, their goal, they're like, we humans need to be the alpha again. And the only way to do that, there's no like sciencey way to do it outside <laughs> of creating an enormous robot that looks like Godzilla. That's the only idea we've got. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, and we're going to try and power it up using the heads of one of the evil things. Nothing could go wrong here. Okay. This is going to be completely fine. So he's fighting him and, uh, and Godzilla's actually doing pretty well against Metal Godzilla, even though like he just fought with Kong and Kong's axe fucked him up pretty good. Yeah. Um, how does Kong like relocate his shoulder? He does, I he, don't like, remember. He like crashes his shoulder into a building. Yeah, he like, does oh, something where he, yeah, like he does something very emphatic. Which, okay. which, okay, we, we're telling you the whole plot of the movie. You still need to go see it because it is a cool fight. Is it like, for kids? There's not really swearing. A seven-year-old, yeah. Okay, seven. Okay, well, I mean, yeah. is there a difference between my seven-year-old and my nine-month-old? I mean, like my nine-month-old's not. Like, I just, Whoa. I think Carter's going to get a kick out of it personally. Okay, I don't think it'll, it's going to give anybody bad dreams. Um, okay, good. good. It's a That's, good. Yeah. It's a good like 15, 20 minute fight scene, and the cool part is when you know Kong realizes he's like, oh well, this guy's even worse, and then Godzilla's <laughs> fighting him, and like they they kill him. They end up killing him. Mm. Um, okay. with with the axe and the lightning. Oh, I think uh, Godzilla recharges God's or, God, or King Kong's uh, axe with his mouth fire. And then, okay. then they, I don't know. They do That's what he does. Yes. Yeah. When he first finds the axe, it's already, it's down in the center of the earth and it's already got the power. Then when they need to team up, Godzilla recharges the axe with, yeah, with his, his fire breath. Added nuclear yeah, fire because yeah. they knew they all knew the logistics of this for somehow um, yes that was that's unspoken the movie ends with yeah they kill metal godzilla and all the people are like what that company was doing something bad and godzilla's a good guy what and you know godzilla goes back to doing his thing and then kong lives in middle earth 
along with Jane Goodall and Little Girl, which to me is not a good place for a girl to grow up, Middle Earth, with pterodactyls no. yeah. and other things. No. Um, yeah. But that's so that's dinosaurs still ends. live there. It's like not like a couple, like not like all of them. The Jurassic period in the but middle. Like, of the it's world. ambiguous. It's it's they okay. really leave it open. Um, they, there's not a lot explained about the Middle Earth aside from there's a throne and Kong is there. But basically, all of this is to say that Godzilla got busy twice. He beat two people. He beat one like kind of. Well, bad he guy. needed help on the second one. He beat okay. Kong. <laughs> Head to head. Okay. He needed help on the second one is the weakest like defense of Kong. Like he well, beat he Kong help. because of because he because Kong got injured. It didn't it, the fight didn't go to decision. You know, it was a TKO with the dislocated shoulder. And you gotta give Godzilla credit. Like he didn't he didn't work his way up to this type of legend by not getting busy. I still think Kong showed a lot, put a lot on tape for draft experts in the form of how he used those opposable thumbs, especially once he was able to find where the energy source was. Now we can have that energy source and thumbs. Plus the sign language thing is huge. And a monkey knowing some sign language is the closest thing to realistic of anything happening in the entire movie. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. The sign language doesn't matter whenever he's like, I only want to talk to little girls. You know what I mean? Like that to me is problematic. It like it's 2021, Ethan. Get with the times. That's not good. Um, <laughs> okay. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this real, real quick. Um, Godzilla, could he beat Metal Godzilla alone? Yes, if the, he hadn't know. have just fought Kong. That's what I believe, personally. In yeah. this movie, he would not have if Kong did not come help him. Okay, but. Take away the Kong fight. Godzilla's fresh, feeling good, just came out of the ocean. You think he could take Metal Godzilla by himself? I think he was worn down, personally. I think if Stone Cold Steve Austin freaking Stone Cold stuns the rock and then all of a sudden Undertaker starts running down, Stone Cold Steve Austin's fucked, okay? Because he's just, he fought, you know, he just took a couple people's elbows and he's struggling and now he's got to deal with the Undertaker. But facing each one of those individually, it's very different. Uh, I think that that's a that's open to debate. Uh, the Godzilla versus Metal Godzilla. I mean, you know, it, the first round Godzilla may have taken Kong, but there's no saying that Kong can't take Godzilla in, in another round. Uh, what is that? No, no. Especially that's... after his shoulder. If they rematched, heals. yeah. If they went into a rematch, he could definitely Kong could take Kong. Kong won just... zero rounds. He won zero rounds. There were two fights. Dude. He lost both of them. Okay, but the first fight is before he has any of the energy. The second fight is the first time he ever even is able to use any of the nuclear energy. Sure. If they the had a rematch, he's if over. he's able to it. go away and do some Jedi training for a while and understand how to use that fucking energy, then yeah, I, it's a whole different fight. I mm-hmm. you're trying. You're basically saying, okay, yes, Kong has never beaten him. But if we give Kong additional powers and keep artificially building him up, well, no, I mean that was written. In. I didn't write the plot of the movie. I didn't give him Godzilla. any powers. The powers were given to him by a writer, a writing team of probably high schoolers. To make it even feasible that it's a fight, they had to give Kong powers. Oh my that's God. like that's how not close it is. They had to give him secret acts. The writers and... gave Godzilla the powers. And Godzilla, Godzilla had the powers. Just breathed fucking fire, just regular ass fire. 
Godzilla has had the powers for years. Like this is okay. this is canon since like okay. the seventies. Okay. So okay. it, he's been able to breathe way. fire. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It, I do... He breathes nuclear atomic lightning fire. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Yeah. I do want to say if there's a way, I'll have to uh, see what my uh, what my audio editing skills can do if you guys are busy. But do you guys remember the episode of Parks and Rec where they're supposed to be televising the debate at April and Andy's house, but the cable goes out? So then it's just like a smash cut of different parts of Andy reenacting <laughs> the plot of Rambo. I'd like a, a recreation of that from the last 20 minutes of Max describing <laughs> the plot of Kong versus Godzilla. Absolutely. No, then we should supercut that. Um, Incredible. I don't know. I, yeah. I stand by it. I stand by it. Godzilla got the better of him. Um, it, it went exactly as we thought it would. I really hope there's another MonsterVerse movie. Also, you guys remember the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? Yeah, uh, slightly. From yeah. like the 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's, it's like early, like, maybe it's early like year 2000 or 2001. I watched it the other day, and let me tell you, it's bad. It's real bad. It's, it's bad. real like, <laughs> like if you compare these movies, like all the Godzilla movies, Brian Cranston, uh, and then which wasn't really Brian Cranston, it was Brian Cranston, and then it was his son that nobody cared about, and then King of the Monsters, which has Coach Taylor, and then this one, right. which also has Coach Taylor. I think all three of them are just it's like we've reached a new level of monster movies like i'm so glad no offense to matthew broderick love the producers um that might have been the last movie he was in i haven't seen the guy and he's he was in 30 rock for a hot second anyways yes in the bush administration (laughs) yeah yeah in the bush administration exactly all right all right we're Let's let's good. get in some basketball. I, I, I that's up good. for debate. We can talk about that, you know, all night. It's been like forty five minutes. Nobody's I know. listening. So, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into rookie rankings. We're gonna talk about rookie rankings real quick. Um, then we're gonna do a little trivia, and then we are going to talk about the matchups. So, uh, rookie rankings. Obviously, we have Lamelo Ball. Um, he unfortunately has taken off the rest of the season to recover. Uh, we have. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, um, Anthony Wiseman, uh, Anthony, no. not Anthony. I'm sorry, uh, James James Wiseman. Pff, I don't know. Sorry, uh, and uh, quickly, and uh, there's there's a few other rookies that are that are in there that are scattered. Um, you know, Sadiq Bay I think can be in this conversation, uh, but. Let's talk about Lamelo first. Give me a comparison. Another player in the NBA you think Lamelo could be going forward. Max, uh, I'll leave you. that one too. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> as I'm saying, like, oh yeah, I'll fucking, I'll leave that to Ethan. Um, uh, I don't want to talk about that. Oh damn it. Oh god, not that. <laughs> I don't know. Lamelo to me doesn't seem as much of a point like he seems to me a little bit more like a uh oh what's his name orlando magic and then tracy mcgrady type you know what i mean like he he seems like a a real playmaker whenever he makes passes they're crazy and he can get up and score and shoot and do everything along those lines um ethan you tell me how far off i am on that oh i mean i think it's tough to it's it's tough to compare him to somebody now after such a small sample size i think he could become that like dominant iso score type of player i think that 
I don't, the only reason I think that he wouldn't is based on just the other players in Charlotte, like Terry Rozier, like Gordon Hayward, who are on deals that are going to keep them there for at least most of um, Ball's rookie contract. And so, I mean, it, looking at his stats from before he went down this year, uh, I mean, he was shooting 45% from the field and averaging six rebounds, six assists a game, which I, I didn't realize he rebounded the ball as well as he did. I didn't realize that he defended as well as he did either at one and a half steals a game. So Mm -hmm. I could see him sort of, (sighs) yeah, I would never have, I would never have uh, thought that, but I, uh, I I could see him becoming any number of uh, taking on any number of different identities, depending on how the Charlotte roster evolves. I mean, I think they're going to put pieces around him that, allow him to create open shots for guys. And, and um, because I think they know he's a guy that can to Max's point about like a Tracy McGrady type, they know he's a guy that can get his shot whenever he wants. So. Yeah. See, I was thinking like uh, maybe like a Westbrook type, but not scoring as many, not, not as much of a ball hog. Um Chris Paul, because that is that is that better? Chris Paul, maybe with a few more boards. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think he's closer to Westbrook than Paul. I mean, I, and we we always say Westbrook with negative connotations, but like Lamelo is a he's a pain in the ass, and he's a stat stuffer across the board. Um, yeah. uh, but I don't think I don't know. I I think I don't think he's as good a passer as Chris Paul, and I don't think he's as good a shooter as Chris Paul. Chris Paul is an incredible shooter that guys like him and Steve Nash and Jason Kidd, who like, it's amazing the points that they didn't score just because that the shooting was their last resort in terms of their role on offense. But those dudes, yeah, Chris Paul is an incredible shooter. I LaMelo, uh, I, I think he could become a Chris Paul type of facilitator though. Again, we're talking like ceilings, but I think he could, become that because they're already going to be building around him. He's already uh, kind of taken on a tremendous load. Like, you know, that he's got a high basketball IQ. He's got incredible court vision. Those are two very much like Chris Paul traits. And then just in a sports psychology sense, I have no like evidence of this, but just in my opinion, like, I think this is about Lonzo too. Like you guys had a very probably like child star type of dysfunctional childhood. And like, so the fact that you persevered and like seem like like real dudes like that makes me think that they're very headstrong and you know will growing pains are are going to you know be the foundation that lifts them up not the thing that breaks them down and yeah lesser role in the league yeah i think uh, you know i will say one thing um in the last year in the last 12 months my view of the balls family the whole family uh has been a 180 um you know i used to think these are the most overrated hyped up kids that you know espn wants a story and you know they're they're trying to get it through these these kids and this family this ex you know player ex football player whatever and uh, you know, it's, it's, 
it's dumb. This is stupid. And you're watching these kids like you're, you were watching LeBron in high school and these AAU games and all this stuff. And it's like, why are we diving into this? Um, and these, I guess I just didn't watch it close enough because these kids come in, uh, Lonzo came in, you know, I thought it was a joke when he was like, Lakers better take him, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they did. And I was, I thought that was, wow, that was the stupidest move ever. Obviously the Lakers didn't keep him long, dealt him for, you know, uh, pretty quick, but Lonzo's, he's a triple double threat every single night. Um, yeah. And when LaMelo came in, I, I, you know, I kind of thought the same thing. It's like, wow, this is a really weak class. If LaMelo Ball is going to be somebody that's taken near the top. Um, and I know he was hyped up before the season started. Um, whenever I was in trade talks with Max, I literally thought, let me get LaMelo um, and flip him. I'm going to get LaMelo and I'm going to flip him because somebody else is going to like LaMelo and I don't, I'm just not interested and like the moment I got him on my team, the one good thing that's happened to me this year, uh, he started playing really good basketball. And, uh, you know, I, I really honestly think that he could be, uh, you know, one of the top five point guards in the league for the next decade. So um, does he deserve the, the rookie of the year is the question this year. I don't think he does. Um, just because he's not playing the whole season. And there are some people out there who are more deserving. Um, if LaMelo played the whole season, he's shooing. I don't even care if he had a below average second half. Um, he, he literally is the, the person to, to watch in, on, on that team. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I think there's other people deserving. Um, how about y'all? Give me a, a rookie that may deserve rookie of the year besides LaMelo Ball uh, that that is actually still playing. Ethan, why don't um, you go ahead first? So I think the the popular pick is probably going to be Anthony Edwards. And we were texting with um, like Andrew earlier, and he made a good point that like, I mean, if you're going to be this far and away the leading scorer among rookies – that's always going to look really attractive in, you know, the brief content package of a tweet or um, the crawl on ESPN or what have you. Um, but I really, the more I looked into Tyrese Halliburton season, he's somebody who I'm like, yeah, he's, he's been very good. Like I, you know, Sacramento is what it is, but I think independent of, of organizational malpractice, like I think he's a really good player, but looking at his stats, um, he actually could very realistically go and have a 50, 40, 90 shooting season as a rookie, which for those who don't know is 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line for a season. It's been done, I think nine times total in NBA history. Um, I think everyone that's done it except Malcolm Brogdon is a hall of famer or will be. Um, and so if he did that as a rookie, for with shit ass Sacramento and averaging five assists a game. Yeah, that's amazing. His usage rate is way less than Anthony Edwards. Um, but he and they play similar minutes. That's a big product of Hal Burton playing on a team with Darren Fox and Buddy Heald and Anthony Edwards playing for Minnesota. But 
Um, I mean, Halliburton is shooting uh, 48% from the field, 41% from three, um, 86% from the free throw line. And again, five assists a game. Um, so he doesn't, he's not a volume shooter, but he is, um, you know, he's filling a combo guard role as a rookie on a mediocre team and shooting it incredibly well, facilitating incredibly well. And so he's not going to win rookie of the year, almost certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think that I think he, um, again, independent of organizational malpractice, he has um, just as much upside as in a real life sense, not necessarily a fantasy sense, um, just as much upside as Anthony Edwards. Yeah, you know, I can I can get on board with that. What, what about you, Max? Give me give me a rookie that may deserve it. Um, I'm upset we haven't seen more of Emmanuel quickly um, because I think when he's been on the floor, he's been electric. But I I am uh, Ethan on Albertan. I over it a lot, and like he said, it's it's a big part of it is he's on the floor with De'Aaron Fox. I think Halliburton on the floor with Fox actually works a lot better than um, Fox on the floor with Heald. Like if they're the two guards, uh, he's just, he's more efficient. Like that's all there is to it. He's, he's a better player when he's on the floor than Heald is. Um, And I'm sure whenever they're closing games, that's, that's what's going on. It's interesting to see how good the Kings roster is. And like, they might just be, because Rashawn Holmes is picking it back up and he's been playing really well all season. If they, if they've got Holmes, Halliburton and Fox. Um, I mean, who's to say they're they're not one like big central piece away? Like to me, if they have the salary, that's a great place for a premier free agent to go and go. Okay, I have all the pieces around me. This is a this is a championship ready team. Like, uh, I think that's how good Halliburton is. I don't have anything against. Uh, like, I drafted Lamelo Ball. I drafted Anthony Edwards. Um, I traded them away uh, before their value was as high as it would eventually get. So I'm dumb, but I, and I think Anthony Edwards is going to be a great player, but a lot of his stats and a lot of what we know about him is because we see the dunk highlights and because he's an athletic freak, he shoots 40% and 31% from three and turns them all over. He's it's rookie growing pains. He's clearly going to be a stud at some point in the NBA. Um, But the stats are misleading here. And I still think, I, I to me, it's a two-man race between, or it should be a two-man race between Halliburton and Lamelo. And I still think Lamelo's got a really good shot to get it, just because of how incredible he was, how how important to the Hornets' success he was when he was on the floor. So, yeah. you know, I regret not having either of those guys moving forward. But you know, we'll uh, we'll just we'll have to wait and see how how it all turns out for me if it if it ends up being worth my while this year. So I, I agree with Ethan. Uh, I, I think Anthony Edwards probably deserves it this year. Um, he started out very slow, and it's like, man, number one overall, not not Wait, looking Ethan so hot. Ethan said Edwards and not Halliburton. No, I said I Halliburton is somebody I who he, he's my about. favorite rookie, but I think Edwards will get it. Historically, oh. the NBA voters don't give it to people that miss as many games as Lamella will miss. I don't think that's smart, but media voting on things and being petty and stupid is hardly unprecedented. Okay. Well then I take back everything I said about agreeing with Ethan. I think it's Halliburton um, or Lamello. And I, it's interesting that none of us are saying Wiseman, but you know, I, I think we all agree on where he's at. 
Wiseman has he's missed a good chunk uh, of yeah, time. Yeah, out for the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's no Wiseman's not in the conversation. Um, no, I mean Halliburton. He's right. Halliburton is probably he's definitely one of those top three. Uh, but Edwards, I mean, number one overall, he's put up like you know a, a forty point game. I mean, he's making highlight reels. Um, besides, Halliburton is is he's not boring i don't want to say boring but he's putting up numbers quietly um you know if you look at his lines they're they're great and you're like these aren't rookie lines these aren't supposed to be rookie lines um but they're they're not blowing people out of the water i mean he's going 21 0 and 1 13 2 and 2 you know and rebounds and assists five, tonight he's 5 0 and 4 in the second quarter uh you know it's he's not blowing people away and having uh, Edwards come out and have 40 point night and then shoot two for 12 and have, you know, eight points and whatever, but people are going to remember the 40 point night and the voters are going to remember the 40 point night. I think. which is the, which is the, uh, you know, that's the Monte Ellis staple. That's a time honored yes. tradition of volume shooter. Shooter's going to shoot. Yeah. It's mellow Carmelo uh, Anthony. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's a guy that I, I I've always thought where it's like, is Carmelo Anthony good or does he just shoot a lot? Um, well, young Carmelo, when he was going to the rack, I, even the best Knicks Carmelo though, like the year they made the playoffs, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like, he'd come out and he'd either shoot lights out or he'd just shoot really poorly, but he was going to yeah. shoot. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I will say I've quick stats on Emmanuel quickly. Our boy mm-hmm. from Kentucky yes. mentioned him. He's not going to win it. Just stats that are make me think he's going to have lasting power in the league. Uh, he leads all qualified rookies in usage rate, which I just think is pretty badass. That's a John Hollinger like metric usage rate. It's a complicated formula like the BCS, but uh, ultimately, like on both ends of the floor, across everything that a basketball player would do, like he busts his ass there. He's second among qualified rookies in efficiency rating, um, and he's fourth among them in scoring all of a sudden. So yep. he is another guy who's maybe a little streaky scoring, but so I think he'll end up being second team all rookie because everyone else we've talked about, but Wiseman is also a guard, but uh, he's the non lottery pick out of them. So that's just he, badass. I, I think he's great. I, I honestly love Emmanuel quickly. And I think that if Emmanuel quickly did not have a log jam point guard there or a log jam of guards, which is unfortunate and Tom Thibodeau wasn't his coach, um, who historically does not like to play rookies. Then yeah. if you could free up Emmanuel quickly, and maybe this will happen next year, I don't know. If you could free him up, he could be one of the better point guards in the year, in the league. He could be a De'Aaron Fox type. Okay, uh, but if there's, if there's uh, here's the thing. If De'Aaron Fox goes down right now for the rest of the year, God forbid for Trevor's team, um, but if De'Aaron Fox goes down right now for the rest of the year, then all of a sudden Halliburton is, I, I honestly think that is the only thing keeping Halliburton from, you know, putting up stats even better than Anthony Edwards would be putting up. Um, and part of that is, you know, he's, I think his assist numbers would be just so much better than um, anything you would expect from Anthony Edwards. But I, I, it's just Halliburton is not a starter on the floor. He's, he's their sixth man. So if, if opportunity, well, if we're talking about opportunity, then yeah, it might be quickly. It might be Halliburton, but it wouldn't be Edwards. 
I'll tell you this about Halliburton, though. Um, I mean, we know De'Aaron Fox just got signed to a max contract. That starts next season. Uh, Buddy Heald is also, I don't think it's a max, but it's a four-year, $94 million deal. This is the first year of it. So, And it's front-loaded, but uh, he's still owed about $60 million over the next three seasons. So that tandem in the backcourt is going to be that tandem in the backcourt for the duration of his rookie deal. Barring a trade. Barring a trade of Buddy Heald, which... Barring a trade of Buddy Heald, but then, that, I mean, it's it's that contract. I mean, it just depends. If you're trying to... If you are if you are in next summer and trying to tank for the 21-22 season, then yeah, you could take on all kinds of bad contracts and get you know draft capital for taking them on. Then Buddy Heald's movable. But that's the only... We'll have to see what kind of teams fit that mold. Yeah, and, and it's they the want Kings. It. It's the Kings. For all we know, they might waste Halliburton's rookie deal, and then all of a sudden he gets picked up by a smart team and goes nuts. Yeah, yeah. I really don't follow. The Kings are probably the team I know the least about in the NBA. Well, uh, Halliburton's definitely going to be somebody excited to watch. I mean, all these rookies are going to be somebody exciting to watch. I mean, what I saw as a pretty weak draft class. Um, has turned into something that's quite impressive. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that we'll we'll look back at this and we'll say we greatly underestimated these these rookies. But let's let's do trivia real quick. Okay, let's get this trivia out of the way. Um, Ethan, I'll let you take it from here, uh, right. and then and then we'll knock out these matchups real quick. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, this week's trivia is inspired by rookies. Uh, um, it is a top 10 list of, um, of the 10 rookies since the NBA merger. So the NBA ABA merger was 1976. So from the 1976 draft and on, can you, how many of the top 10 rookie scores can you name based on their points per game for that season? If history is any indication, I'm going to be able to name all of them. Cause I'm awesome at this. <laughs> do you want to go first? I do. I do. I'd like first pick. Huck, if you don't mind. Sure. Go ahead. I think as a rookie, Michael Jordan put up good numbers. Michael Jordan is correct. Hmm. He is number one. Number one. All right. Hey, number one answer. 28.2 points per game in 1980 in the 1984-85 season. Good okay, for okay. him. All right, let me let me let me jump in here. I'm gonna go with Yao Ming. Yeah, I like the pick. Ming is incorrect. Oh wow! <clears throat> no Yao. Wow. All right. Um, let me pick somebody off my team. Like I don't know, LeBron James. LeBron James is not. Wow, what that is awful. For the for what it's worth, number ten on this list is averaged twenty two points a game. Okay, so that's a lot of points. Everybody, Um, there is um, as a hint, there is one active NBA player on this list. Okay, one. Holy shit. Okay. All right. So yeah, that that kind of makes a little bit. I know my next pick then. Um, I know. Let's see. Let's go with Kobe. Kobe. Kobe is incorrect. Really? 
Damn. I think the active player is Carmelo Anthony. No, but good guess. Damn you. Okay, well, he had a really, really good rookie year. That that same rookie class as LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I'm kind of sucking here. Um, There are still, well, some of these are Hall of Famers, but I don't know if you would. They're very. Let's go Larry Bird. Birdman. Nope, but good guess. They're all okay. good guesses. This is tough. <laughs> but there's right. guys when I name them. There's so it, as always. There's some that are like impossible. Though Huck sure. got Kuzi a few weeks ago, so I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And then there are some that are very easy. There's a couple. There's at least three more that are like not just Hall of Famers, but like you very much are aware of these. You, what you know? They're not all Michael Jordan caliber, but you're very much aware of all these Hall of Famers. Okay, give me uh, give me Vince Carter. Nope, but seriously, uh, but Rookie. tell me if you've heard this before. That was a very good guess. That was a very good guess. Great. Now I'm gonna go look at Vince <laughs> Carter's rookie stats because, like, I just you can take all these good guesses and just yeah. buy you a house. <laughs> good guesses all around. Yeah, I've got three good guesses. Um, let's see, points per game, PPG, rookie season. Somebody's putting up tons of let's go wilt uh this is since the 1976 draft okay okay can't doesn't count doesn't count counts count vince carter put up 18 his rookie year 26 his his sophomore year yep so. okay wait this is specifically um, rookie excellence specifically rookie excellence. rookie excellence let's go garnett nope great Good, now good, I feel good. bad to say good guess. So it's like, well, because I'm just trying to get these guys straight out of high school. I mean, they, you know, they're reaching up to get them. Might as well throw them the rock. I, I'm, I'm just going to guess one to try to upset Huck. Tim Duncan. No, no. Oh, that is no. uh, Robinson that owned that team. Robinson owned that. Oh team. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't need to get blanked. Please don't blank. me. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Somebody that just came in. We're really terrible at this. Um, let's go Kareem. 1976 draft. Okay. I didn't. All right. Fine. Good. Just playing around. I was just testing <laughs> you. A little trivia Got for him. you. Got yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, Carl Malone. No. Okay, can we start this... rapid firing guesses back and forth now? Like just, just ready? Yeah. All right. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> this is terrible. Okay. Magic you guys Johnson. each get five more guesses. No. Son of a bitch. Magic Johnson. That's a terrible guess. It's, it's not terrible guess. It's, it's awful. That's just terrible. Um, just the worst. Uh, tell me it was a good guess. It was a good guess. Do not tell him that. Got it. Got it. All right. We're all bitch. I'm already behind on good guesses. Uh, (laughs) Let's see here. Oh, gosh. Rookies that are good or that were good. Uh, Stephon Marbury. Ooh. No, but I have been seeing a lot about the 96 draft. And there, there was, there's like a documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I always skip over it, but one of these days. One of, these, one of these days. I'm gonna watch him play in Asia. He's like the king yeah. over there. Yeah. All right. I, I keep trying to go back to the current player, and I'm like, I know it's not Giannis. I know that. I know that. How about Dwayne Wade? Nope. Great, 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 great. We're doing so good. Hold on. 
uh, I'll give you so there is one current. There are player. three number one overall picks still unguessed. Okay, doesn't help me, but okay. Clyde. Nope. Hmm. Fuck. Give me Reggie Miller. Nope. Okay. Give me Hakeem. Ooh. No, but I would have thought Olajuwon. Are you sure this is basketball? You can. (laughs) Albert Pujols. Um... (laughs) Yeah, Bryce Harper for sure. I'm looking up. Hakeem averaged 20.6 his rookie year. Again, number 10 on this list is 22 a game. This is bullshit. Oscar Robertson. That's don't say 1976 to me. <laughs> I don't know what Oscar Robertson played. Um, God, I don't want to like waste my guesses. Hey, um, I'm thinking of a, of a okay, Steph Curry. Nope, but that, uh, he didn't really. He had ankle problems early in his career. Okay. He didn't really get just, unlocked until, until he, he was so hot coming out of Dayton. So hot. Yeah. Yeah. Steaming hot. Yeah. Um. It wasn't David. It, it was not Dayton. It was Davidson. But Davidson. Um, Davidson. Yep. Yes. Yeah, but D A O N. You know. Same thing. Yeah. No. I, trust me. I know basketball. All right. Let me come really? in with. Uh, let me come in with a good guess here. Um. Isaiah Thomas. Nope. All right. Hey, you're just. Why don't you just tell me what they who they are? Okay. Well, yeah, you guys each it. get one more guess. Oh, okay. All right. Because that's how much space I have in that. Jason Kidd. Nope. No. God. I'm gonna go for the current. I'm gonna go for the current. Is the current a number one? Yes. Okay. The current is a number one. Huck's gotten way more to hints than I've got. Well, whatever. Ask the question, you shall receive. Uh, let's see. <laughs> current is a number one overall pick plays in the nba probably an older man let's go i don't want to go for the current let's go dirk nope god damn it okay so (laughs) we named every good good we had 20 guesses between these two and they got one michael jordan off the top who is number one i'll reveal the answers to anybody now i'll reveal the answers from 10 to 1 for y'all um So number 10 is a Hall of Famer who I did not expect you to get, um, but it is Mitch Richmond. Oh, Mitch Richmond. Mitch Richmond. If you guys know who Mitch Kings. Richmond is. No, I, nice. I got a sandwich from Mitch Rich the other day. I get it. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. Nice. Number okay. nine is a number one overall pick who uh, oh. still active oh. named Blake Griffin. Oh, that's terrible. 22 and a half points per game. Let me tell number- you. Blake Griffin was on the cover of one of my favorite video games of all time. And the it was the NCAA basketball game. The NCAA basketball game. And it's him wearing his OU jersey, just doing dunks. That was a great game. I loved that game. I'm surprised you didn't get that answer then. Well, no, I suck at this game. Also, I've had Blake mm. Griffin on my roster this year. <laughs> Whatever. One to nothing. Yeah. That's what you get. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number eight. Um, this is a guy I would never have thought of as a scorer. Um, no less 22.9 points a game as a rookie. Um, Ron Harper. Sure. If, if Never you go back and watch, uh, if you go back and watch the documentary, the Jordan documentary, you may have, may have gotten that. I don't know. Well, they said on that uh, documentary about the shot over Elo, they were saying like Ron Harper should have been defending him. 
I always thought Ron Harper was like a defensive player. Yeah, I mean, he was playing with uh, Jordan. Oh, yeah, this is getting bad. We didn't get Shaq. Okay, (laughs) number seven is another one of the number one overall picks named Shaquille O'Neal, 23.4 points per game in 1993. Never heard of that man all my life. That's the guy from Shaq Motors in uh, Fresh (laughs) Off the Boat. Yeah. Number six, a pretty good score in his own right, also Uh, 23 and a half points a game, Allen Iverson. Yeah, for five is a guy I a name I guess I've maybe heard in passing. I couldn't tell you anything about him, but Terry Cummings, Mm. funny name, twenty three point seven points a game. It's not the going he's worried about. It's the Cummings, (laughs) the Terry Mm. Cummings. Number four, (laughs) (laughs) really slam dunk that one home. We're killing it right now. Number four. Um, is another Hall of Famer who maybe you guys know his name, but I wouldn't have been, I wasn't shocked you didn't get him. Bernard King. Bernard. 24.2 points per game in 1978. He would go on to do um, to do a line of coke for every point he scored that season. Um, nice. Much basketball love story. They'll talk, there's a whole section about how the NBA fell apart in the 70s. One, because of the blood battles with the ABA business-wise and two because everybody in the nba is doing all kinds of coke and not really giving a shit about reaching their full potential i've heard the name i'll I'll be honest i thought he was a golfer no (laughs) Uh, where i'm at number three walter davis didn't know who that was 1978 24.2 points a game very impressive same as bernard same as bernard and number two which remember number one was michael jordan so last revelation here number two um Huck almost got him because Max guessed Duncan, and then Huck said, no, that was Robinson's uh, team. Number two was number one overall pick, David Robinson, who was picked number one overall in 1987, but did not debut till 1989 because of his naval service commitment from the academy, and then came back after not playing for two years and averaged 24.3 points a game as a rookie. You Which know, he grew, like, he grew like three inches in the Navy. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go look I it up. I did not it's, know that. Yeah, he like uh, hit a growth spurt <laughs> in uh, the years that years after he was drafted. But uh, have you seen him in the new AT and T commercial? I was like, yes. wow, David. Yes. David's uh, showing up. Uh, you know, having a resurgence. But uh, Boy, that's America's cool. best network. America's best network gets all the stars. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't uh, make him like David Robinson anymore. Like in sports, you know, name a basketball player that is as clean and as uh, as you know, well, just put together and just like an, he's like the JJ Watt of basketball, except for, you know, JJ left Houston, Robinson stayed with the Spurs for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no basketball players like David Robinson nowadays. They just, just don't exist. I mean, there's, there's definitely good dudes in the NBA. I mean, I David Robinson, I'm not saying there's one. Yeah. I'm not Dude. saying they're full of, full of a bunch of bad dudes, but there's a lot of people. Uh, how could you hate David Robinson? Unless you were getting no, I'm not. Th- that's the not the argument. The argument is, it's just I don't. I think he's an awesome man and an awesome player, and there's other awesome men and awesome. He's a players. wholesome person. I'm not saying LeBron's very, not a wholesome he's, person. He's but. religious and and plays it safe. Honestly, yes. he's an incredibly nice dude. I would love to meet him. I'd love to see him play even now at whatever 50-something years old he is. I wouldn't want to have like a beer with him. Our dad saw him yeah. in the I'd grocery store. I'd much rather have a beer with yeah. Monty Ginobili. Our dad saw oh, him in the yeah. grocery store in San Antonio. Damn. 
Yeah. Said so they made eye contact, him and not. What was that movie he was in? Um, David Robinson? Yeah. He was, uh, gosh. Yeah, I want to say Billy Crystal. Um, gosh, I'll, I'll send you a clip after we're done. Oh, here. yes. Where he, Billy Crystal's a basketball ref at the beginning. Was it a long, not, was it? Uh, it's, uh, hold on. Oh, gosh. It's, it's like, a really famous movie by the time I'm in yes, the early nineties, late rom-com. 80s. Yeah. It's famous rom-com. Yeah. Famous rom-com with the, the, the with best the, podcast content is trying to remember obscure Billy Crystal movies. That's what I think. That da- obscure David Robinson movies that he <laughs> was nice enough to let Billy Crystal be in. Uh, forget Paris. I don't know. I don't know. I've definitely never seen the movie you're talking about. I think yeah. Paris, forget yeah. Paris, and uh, it's yeah. also in like Mike. It's a that it's movie a, I've seen. <laughs> forget Paris. So I'll send you the clip after. It's it's very awesome. I I really like that clip. It, so the movie was uh, I guess nineteen ninety five. according to okay, David fine. Robinson's IMDb page, <laughs> yes, which I'm sure is just filled with the hits. <laughs> uh, he was in MC Hammer too look too legit to quit video short in nineteen ninety one. Okay. David Robinson gets an alert every time somebody visits his IMDb page. <laughs> we got another like, one, honey. Like, Tell him I'm available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, guys. Let's get in these matchups. Uh, we spent enough time, almost an hour and a half, uh, before we get in these matchups. Let's start with Hong Kong Heroes, 105, 57, and 3, versus Super Gallinario Brothers. Big matchup this week uh, for both sides. One wants to keep the number one seed. One would like to make the playoffs and keep playing fantasy basketball. Max, we'll start with you. Obviously, I'm going to pick Victor because I always pick Victor and I always bet against Brennan. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to I'm going to probably pick Brennan this week. He's got a really stellar team, and I, I know Victor's got a he's he's been fighting, and he's got some guys that are playing pretty well right now. Like I said earlier, Rashawn Holmes is coming back. Um, Chris Paul is still a stud. Lonnie Walker puts up night or good nights randomly, but it's just not going to be enough. Even without Miles Turner, even with Kyrie playing whenever Kyrie feels like it, Brennan's team is just too good. Like I, I if I'm Victor for the playoff race this week, I'm trying to get at least four points. You know what I mean? Head seven to four, seven to four, six to five, something like that. Like Either way, even if he loses seven to four, I still think he's got a pretty decent hold on playoff spot. Um, I, I mean, I know Luke is playing, or uh, Luke, my balls is playing Huck this week, but still, it, he's playing Hong Kong Heroes. So keeping it realistic, I, I, I am going to pick Brennan, but Victor's going to keep it close. I hope. Yeah. All right, Ethan, what do you think? Um, I am picking Brennan as well. Brennan is coming off a loss. For the first time, I can't remember how long, because he even beat Chase head-to-head, mm-hmm. but he lost to Kyle, and he texted me this morning saying that um, Josh Jackson missed a free throw with 15 seconds left in the last game of the night last night that flipped the free throw percentage category, and Kyle won the matchup 6-5. to five. And that's the only time Brennan's lost in like months, but also like that's how fickle shit can be in the playoffs. Yeah, that, this wait. week, this week I, I picked Brennan as well. I agree with Max. It's more about Victor needs to get at least four categories um, just to, because he's got the cushion, but he needs to just, he needs to just 
mitigate the the damage even if he doesn't beat Brennan. And I think he can very real, realistically get four categories. Um, but as far as the playoffs go, like one big measuring stick game for Kyle yet again, but two, um, like, and being coming off the completion of like our first fantasy baseball matchup where that league is binary one and oh, like that. I forgot what a fucking rush that is. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that's and, how we should do it in basketball. Next well, that's year. how I, I, that's how I meant to do it for this year. And I messed up. Yeah. And that's what scared me about that is once you have it in week one, uh, it's like that for the whole season. Can't change it. Not your fault. Just something that we had to deal with with the season. Um, but I'll, I'll give my take on this. Yeah, I I, I have to say um, I, I do owe Victor an apology. I think that his team um, has performed not nearly as bad as they look on paper. So he's done a good job uh, managing this team and, and really getting them together and and actually competing, uh, you know, I, I, my team, you can see it on paper. It looks like trash. The first look at, at Victor's team with Caruso and Bain and, and, you know, Hardaway, Hernan Gomez. I mean, this is full of a bunch of ragtag free agents, uh, but he's done a good job. I mean, they've, uh, they've, they, he's really competed and he's fighting for a playoff spot. That being said, I think he does lose to Brandon this week. I think he does put him in hot water. Uh, going into next week for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I think he's still alive after this week, uh, but he's going to need a lot of help, uh, you know, going to next week against against Neil. Um, I would hope that if I'm Victor this week, I'm hoping I win three categories, uh, maybe win turnovers, take a percentage, and maybe like, you know, steal or something like that. Um, because he's he's going to need that. If he gets blown out this week, it's it's big trouble for him. But yeah, I'm going to take Brennan. Uh, let's let's move on to the next one. Chase's neat team FC 105 59 and one versus Uniballer. Somebody else that's fighting for first place against somebody else who is fighting for the playoffs. Ethan, tell me what you think about this one. Well, I think again, I think Luke's fight for the playoffs is it's not over. Uh, not just not over mathematically it's not totally over realistically i just think beating me six to five is a missed opportunity and gaining ground especially now that he's playing a team like chase i'm picking chase because one luke is battling injuries anthony davis is he i think he's in at least another week or two um that's among a list of guys who are hurt Jarrett allen is hurt now but he's kind of faded over the last um few weeks just to begin with, I still think Luke has um, some strengths that are really in line with um, what seem to be the strengths of the top teams. Um, but the problem is, is that if there is any team who's the strongest in those strengths, which is like volume scoring, um, volume shots made, um, it's Chase. So mm. it's um, it's kind of like strength on greater strength plus injury. So I'm taking Chase. Um and I think if Chase wins, you know, seven to four, eight to three, then that um, that might actually put Luke eleven plus games out and and eliminate him this with a week with a week to go. So he's literally playing for his playoff life this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's going to be tough to beat Chase this week. Last week, um, I put together a pretty good matchup against Chase. Uh, the strategy is just 
know that you're not going to win points. You're not going to win rebounds and you're not going to win three pointers. He just has too much volume and field goals made. That's a lot. I know. But uh, just realize that that's not going to happen. If you can beat him in percentages, which is tough to do when he's got people like Zion, uh, beat him in free throw percentage, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, take a steal or a block away, um, and then hopefully win turnovers, you have a chance to go out there and, and beat him. Now I'm talking about playoff format. Obviously, right now, if Luke wants to stay alive, He's going to have to do exactly what I just said, uh, put up a week where he's not getting blown out, just like Victor, and then go into next week, you know, hoping and praying. Um, I think that Luke can do what I did last week. I think that he can he can put together some of these categories. You know, uh, Chase has started out tonight shooting 190 from three. Uh, he's not particularly 100% strong at three-point percentage, um, but he is probably going to beat him in three-pointers overall. So... I'm going to say that Chase wins. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than than you might think. Maybe a, a repeat of last week going 7-4, and four. Uh, Luke being 4 and Chase being 7. Max, what do you think? Oh, this is going to sound foolish. You got to I, – I, I am picking Luke in this one. Um, and it's nothing against Chase's team. I think this is a good – window for Luke to be able to win. Giannis is out. Kevin Durant in a four-game week just had a game postponed, so now he has a three-game week. Uh, Porzingis is being clearly being uh, uh, rested. He's being rested tonight, and he's got a three-game week if he doesn't get rested for one of those other games, which the Mavs don't have any reason not to rest him. Um, I mean, he's been putting up insane numbers for the last three games, so that would certainly help Luke a lot. Luke has Four games out of Kevin Porter Jr. has been sneaky. Four games out of Devin Booker. Uh, three games out of CJ McCollum. I, I think he's got a shot. I think this is a, a perfect storm kind of situation where he could really have a shot against Chase. I think you're right in that there's a 0% chance he wins points or rebounds, but I don't think there is any reason why he can't win turnovers. The percentages, I mean, shit, uh, Chase's team is shooting 19% from three tonight uh, to mm-hmm. open things up. You know, there's no reason he can't win steals or blocks because he's got the players for that. If they're just he, they're just not playing right now. Um, like he just he has no bigs going tonight aside from Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and nope, that's it. So yep. I, I I'm picking Luke this week. I'm not even going to say it's even close to a landslide, but I, if he can take it six to five, seven to four, uh, that is huge for keeping him in the playoffs. But yeah, I think he's got it. Okay, that's. Hey, that's a good pick. All right, let's keep it keep it moving here. Thunder from down under, 101, 61, and 3. Seems like we're talking about the top of the league uh, over and over. He's got an easier matchup with somebody who's way out. I love Dirk, 65, 98, and 2. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as much as Andrew's tried, he's put together some team or, or a, a decent competitive team. Um, I think this is our biggest blowout that we've talked about thus far. Thunder from down under, like Max said, is somebody that's going to compete for first. Um, I love Derek. His, you know, he's missing quite a few people. James Wiseman obviously is injured. Uh, Marcus Aldridge, who he picked up, has has been injured. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. He's he's limping into the end of the season. Um, it's just not going to be a super competitive week for him this week, uh, which plays right into Paul's hands. Uh, to try and compete for that number one spot. Uh, 
uh, to face whoever sneaks into the playoffs. And I think that he's going to do that. Um, Paul's got his foot on the gas. Um, limited injuries. I think Fournier um, is uh, will we'll be back before you know it. And Leonard is just out temporarily. Uh, he'll be back before you know it. So I, I really think that he finishes up this. It's going to be a blowout. I would be surprised if uh, Andrew gets more than three categories. Max, what do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think uh, Paul's going to win and he's going to blow him out. Andrew's not only got a much worse team, but he's got some injured players. But uh, all that matters to Andrew are his keepers for next year. And something I'm, I'm really excited about for some of the people that took this strategy for next year is the table can flip substantially based off of trades that people made this year. You know, the difference of like the, we have a, the only other keeper league we can relate this to is the baseball league. And you can only keep, you know, uh, eight guys in the baseball league, right? And out of, out of 22. Out of 22. But a baseball superstar is not worth nearly as much uh, just from a, a ratio standpoint as a basketball superstar. And the fact that Andrew's going into next year with, in good rounds, keeping Halliburton, Capella, Randall, Wiseman, and I can't remember who the fifth one is. It, it might be Larry Nance. I don't know. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Larry. And he's retaining those early round picks. Um, you know, he's he's already accomplished his goal for this year. And and Paul, even though his team is stout, he has also been very keeper focused for next year. Um, he's throwing a couple of guys, like he's throwing Lillard and Kawhi Leonard back into the draft, I assume. But he's also pretty stacked from a future standpoint too. So I, I just, I, yeah, uh, that's the only interesting thing I can say about this matchup. Paul's going to route him. Yep. Ethan? No, I think you guys said it all. Paul is um, is looking really good. Andrew is sort of, especially post-trade deadline, is sort of done positioning his team and just trying to be competitive and, and make it a real playoff race. I know Huck and I can relate to that. Um, but I, Paul, except for Monstar Jams, who had the big last-second missed free throw win over Hong Kong Heroes. Um, Paul had the second biggest rise in Roto week over week. So his team is uh, getting health, you know, getting healthy. He's got fewer injured guys than the other um, two top teams. Um, and so I think that'll be key when you're splitting the hairs between that much talent come the playoffs. Uh, for this week in particular, I think Paul wins pretty easy, yeah. Yeah. All right, Monstar Jams, 90-72-3 versus White Men Can't Jump. This is a battle for uh, what should be the middle of the, the playoff rankings. Um, Max, what do you think? Any name? Any name in particular? Max? Oh, okay. Did you say what do you think, Max? Yeah, I said, yeah, I said Max, what do you think? Uh, okay, it is, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, who is that? Um, yeah. Anyways, great content. I'm going to pick Kyle. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Kyle's got an outstanding team. He's got a bunch of volume scores. Uh, Neil just lost to me and my ragtag group of who have you even heard of for my team. Like I, my team last week relied on Enos Cantor getting 30 rebounds in one game and Gary Trent putting out 40 points in one game. And part of the reason Neil's team fell to that is James Harden. James Harden's hurt. And if he comes back this week, it's not going to be told until towards the end of the week. And until then, he's really relying on his 76ers, Simmons and Milton, and then Brogdon and Kemba Walker to put up his points. And 
Kyle, we've been talking about it for weeks, but he's got a great group of players. And, you know, he's got a couple injuries too with Washington and Ball and Garland, but like between Westbrook, Beal, DeRozan, Ayton, Paul George, like that's that's an elite set of players. If you're coming at him not at full strength and you're not one of the top three teams, you're going to have a bad time. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is the best matchup we've talked about so far. I'm not sure it'll be a blowout. Um, because Neil's team especially outperforms everything that I always predict him to do. Like Brennan, I pick him to lose on accident every week. But yeah, I'm going to pick Kyle to win. Okay. Ethan, how about you? I am going to pick Kyle as well. Um, being without Harden makes uh, Neil a totally different team. When Harden went over to, which Harden was still like fat Houston Harden was still having 30 point games. But when he got to um, Brooklyn in terms of, getting up to, you know, eight rebounds, 10 assists a game with his scoring, um, better shooting percentage, like not just in real life, but really from a fantasy perspective, he exploded. Now he's out. They probably brought him back too soon from a hammy injury. And so he's out. Um, I mean, it's, we don't know how long, but I, I doubt that he'll play again in our fantasy regular season. And then if he's out in the first round of the playoffs, that's as crippling as like, LeBron being out for Max in the first round of the playoffs. That's where you start to get into if Hurwitz is the eight seed, but Neil doesn't have Harden and Max doesn't have LeBron. The eight seed is maybe, and the eight seed is trying again all of a sudden. Then maybe it's, would you rather be the three or than the one for this weekend? That's a whole aside for this week in particular. Um, Kyle's team is, is really uh, just a, quite a good team since he made his um, flurry of trades a few weeks ago. Um, and he's going to get a hardenless Neil all week. So I think that is um, a significant difference maker. Um, and shit, he's already got uh, 25 from Beal in the third quarter against Utah, who, who actually tries on defense and has good players. So if he's going to get that, then he's going to be all set, Kyle is. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that the comparison of Neil's team to Max's team is pretty strong in that, how they depend on, on one player pretty, uh, pretty an strongly. MVP, albeit, and, but an MVP, yes. yes, yes. I mean, they're, they're, they're great players, but if they're not in the lineup, if Harden's not in this lineup, I mean, we're just looking at a team that may be not a playoff team. Right. Uh, you know, this is, this team does not scare me even one bit. Uh, without Harden Simmons, you know, playing not super awesome basketball. I mean, he's never really played super awesome basketball, um, you know, with oh. Kimball Walker and Malcolm Brogdon's pretty good, but they, it just, this team does not even compete without Harden. Um, and right. so, and I think Neil knows that he's been upset with this team pretty much the whole year. So um, this is something that frustrates him. I don't think he gets totally blown out, but um, as we this podcast has progressed, I've slowly started to come to the realization that Neil may be in trouble. He's 85, 75, and 5 right now. He's looking okay. He set himself up with a nice little nest egg. If he gets blown out this week, and if Harden does not come back and, and Victor can put up a pretty good week against him next week, uh, we could be looking at Neil uh, sweating out. You know, Either way, he, he's not going to want to be in that in that eight spot, seven spot facing uh, Chase, uh, Paul, uh, or Brennan. So, um, yeah, Neil is looking like he's in trouble this week. I'm going to take him to win about two or three categories. Uh, it's not looking pretty, 
uh, he's going to really have to scramble and use some moves if he's going to want to get more than that. Um, and that pretty much puts Kyle, uh, you know, in that fourth spot. I don't see him being anywhere else. Um, but yeah, that's that's just about that matchup. All right, let's go with Rumham Slam. 89, 74, and 2 versus Kevin Ware's knee. We don't have to waste a lot of time on this. Um, Rumham Slam has pretty much wrapped up, what, that five spot? Well, uh, I mean, it depends on how badly he beats Kevin Ware's Kevin knee. Kevin Ware's knee, yeah. No, well, I'd, four or I'd five project spot. him for the four spot right now. Okay, with, four, with four or five spot. That's fine. That's fine. It doesn't. But yeah, really no matter. one's actually at home. Whether you're the four or the five in this league doesn't matter. Yeah, we don't think Neil or Max catches Trevor, especially no. after this week, and no. we don't think that Monster Jams gets crushed enough by Neil. I mean, it could happen. You know, he gets he loses. You know, a big matchup. Neil pulls something out of his ass uh, and can move up to that four or five. I just don't see it happening. So. Uh, Rumham Slam obviously going to crush uh, Kevin Ware's knee this week and move up to that four spot and just kind of stick there, probably against Monstar Jams in the first round. Do you guys have anything to say about this matchup? Um, the only thing I was going to say um, in relation to the inheritance from Kevin Ware's knee after he leaves and kind of that runoff draft of keepers one guy that we didn't talk about in our rookie section is patrick williams who's not better than any of the guys that we did talk about but just he's somebody who is really blossoming in chicago chicago suddenly is ramping up their talent and he's going to get a lot of minutes with their stars as a complimentary player because he's so fucking good defensively and uh and i really like billy donovan as a coach i mean you can see how some of their young players are starting to um Blossom, including Levine, under Billy Donovan. So Patrick Williams is a sixth-round keeper. So whoever doesn't take Sabonis, which is Luca My Balls' sixth-round keeper in that little runoff draft, will be able to, to sit back and get Patrick Williams in the sixth round um, as one of their keepers. Which uh, I didn't really. Th- I did. That's a hidden gem within the big heaping steaming turd that is Kevin Ware's knee. So that's all I was going to say. Okay. Max, anything? Uh, Kevin wears knees a steaming turd. That's has mm. that already been said? Uh, that, yeah, yeah, I think that's doubling up on that. Trevor's got a great team. Um, I, I'm telling you, man, this the the top five, the the top half of the playoffs are just so fucking brutal. Like those matchups are gonna be killer in the playoffs. I know that we're gonna have at least one upset, but I look at, at Trevor's team and I look at all of these you know, upper tier teams. And it's just, it is evident the difference in talent between no offense to you guys. Cause you guys are both in the bottom four, but the bottom no. four teams <laughs> and the top four teams. And I think I'm looking forward to, you know, the fact that this is a dynasty league, we're going to get some new blood in next season and shake things up. I, I look forward to there being less of a margin between the top and the bottom. But I mean, right now it's just, a couple of people put together a couple of incredible teams. Um, Trevor's going to win. He might shut him out this week. All right. Next matchup. Godzilla got busy. 84-79-2 versus Shalom Y'all. 74-89-2. Uh, um, almost backwards. This is a big matchup between y'all. A lot of bragging rights going on, even though Ethan um, is legitimately out of the 
playoffs. I think without LeBron, Max is like we talked about with Neil, one of those teams that, uh, you know, uniballers fighting down there for a playoff spot. Not that he isn't already. Uh, so, you know, I think that Ethan's team, uh, even though Van Fleet's out, uh, you know, can can come in and give him a good matchup. I, I predict that, that Ethan's going to make problems for Max this week. Not going to be uh, an easy matchup as, as Ethan has been for some people. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that it's, it's not going to be 4-6. I would switch it around. I'm going to give Ethan 6 and Max 4 on the other side. And that it's uh, probably going to be a fight into Sunday. But I will let you guys defend yourselves. Let's start with Max. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a couple of metaphors that I could use here. I think the obvious one is in this matchup, I'm Godzilla and Ethan's Kong. Whether he has an axe or not, he's fucked. Like, uh, I don't don't need LeBron. Here we go. Or SGA. You know what I mean? Like, I'm legitimately nervous about the, like, Gordon Hayward is going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Like, I'm not going to have LeBron or Gordon Hayward for the first round of the playoffs. They haven't said anything about SGA in forever. And the Thunder aren't even just aren't even hiding it. Um, I, they might not put them back on the court, but I have backfilled their spots. Uh, the Gary Trent trade might have been the best one I made of the season. He is all of a sudden a good volume scorer who gets 30 plus minutes a night with the Raptors. Um, when I mean Nurkic is being rested every other game, but when he gets rested, Enos Cantor is now putting up godly numbers. Uh, Kevin Love is doing well. Tal- Talon Horton Tucker has his moments in lieu of LeBron. Um, Zach Levine is getting more assists than he's ever had in his career now that he's got, uh, what's his name, the the king of the monsters next to him. Vucevic. Not Godzilla, but Vucevic, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say the other metaphor I would use is, like, my team is that crowd from the movie Eight Mile, starring Marshall Mathers, Eminem. Um, and oh. Ethan is like Dean Wade sitting in the middle of that crowd. In that, like, he should be feeling very nervous about the crowd that has surrounded him because he is not a rapper and he's even whiter than Eminem. So if they're hostile towards him, <laughs> get out of there, Dean Wade. You know what I mean? So that's that's how I feel about that. All right. Well, I am picking myself um, because I. I, you know, I have championed just, just all the garbage people that are filling minutes for the tanking teams. Like, oh, do you play for the Orlando Magic? You probably also play for me because I literally employ their starting backcourt on my team. Michael Carter-Williams and Dwayne saving my bacon. <laughs> um, Dorian Finney-Smith had a double-double for me tonight. Cameron Johnson plays for the Suns. He's playing tonight. He's got two steals. That's his stat. <laughs> Cameron Johnson plays for the Suns, in case anybody wanted to know. Oh, hey. no. But, I mean, uh, I've got some guys. Jo- Joel Embiid <laughs> had 36. I got some guys. He, he had 36 points tonight. Absolutely. No, yeah, that's um, partly why I picked. <laughs> haven't gotten any of haven't gotten any of my other studs in a game yet this week. So I'm just, you know, we'll see how much Joel can carry my team. It doesn't look like I am going to 
get Fred Van Vliet back. Maybe I get him back at the end of the week, which could help and also would hurt Gary Trent Jr.'s numbers a little bit, hopefully. Um, so I'm picking me. Those are my assortment of disorganized reasons why. I did want to um, – I looked up other uh, white stereotypes on <laughs> Dean, like for Dean Wade, and I found a tweet. I'll just read it. It's levels of white anger ranked. Six to one. Number six. Son of a gun. Number five. All right, <laughs> bucko. Number four. You just hold your horses. <laughs> Number three. Well, now wait just a minute. <laughs> Number two. Newsflash, pal. And number one, listen here, buddy. Dean Wade yeah. could be Dwayne Wade in one-on-one if it is in NBA Street on the Nintendo game. And not Dean Wade is the level of anger he's going to reach this week is newsflash, pal. Um, <laughs> which, how have we not mentioned the fact that Dean Wade on your team, by the way, has point guard, power forward, center eligibility? Yes. Like, what the fuck? Why? Hilarious. What, what is the deal? Hilarious. I don't understand. He's been playing. I mean, dude, he averages since uh, since Jared Allen went out. He averages over thirty minutes a game. He just, shoots fifty percent. I mean, he's mediocre, but he plays a ton. And so all like, I'm not going to win the counting stats or the percentage stats. Like that's, there's just 0% chance I'll do that. My whole team is garbage. It's just all volume minutes for shit teams, guys that I could find with no value, except for that. Now all of a sudden they play a ton. And so like I'm down eight to three, but I'm down one field goal made. I'm down by, you know, one block shot. I'm down by one point scored. So it's like, if I can just, if I can just get enough volume minutes and eke out six counting stats and get a win, then uh, then I'll be satisfied. And that's what I'm predicting I will do because we all have to believe in something. Do we want to True. do any, any kind of podcast wager on this? Oh, we could do a shot bet on it. Andrew mm-hmm. and I already have a shot bet on 11th place and he is uh, probably, I don't know if he's going to catch. You would, you beating me, something like eight to three, which is what the scores as we record, this would be what he needs to climb back into is some sort of chance to catch me for 11th. All right. Here's, here's the bet. The winner of this week on next week's podcast, while we're recording gets to call out, not, not an immediate secession, but two pink gold shots when the other person has to take oh, okay. as we're recording deal. Okay. So like deal. Uh, whether it's the intro or, or whatever, the loser has to on command take two pink gold shots. For those that don't know pink gold, it's pink Whitney. It's very sweet vodka that just tastes like pink lemonade. And it, it uh, will make you feel shitty in the morning. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Before we go into the next match after the last match of the day and finish this up, I do want to say Dean Wade just reminds me of some kind of Hoosiers player, short shorts, uh, you know, really showing off those biceps um just you know laying it up off the backboard kind of player he's far um, strong yeah he's gonna yeah. complete three passes far before he does strong. anything it's <laughs> very farm strong all right uh we'll go into the last match of luke and my ball 78 85 and two fresh off tax season versus doink the clown 56 107 and two max tell me what you think of this one god i mean <laughs> It's interesting that he set his lineup, at least this week. Uh, Otherwise, I honestly think I would have given it to Huck because, you know, you're not giving it away for free. 
Um, the problem is he's still got Doncic, Ingram, Laurie Markkinen. Like he, he's still got a really good team. Um, I'm going to say he takes it from Huck seven four. This is going to be this is another one of those that I'm not going to call it a blowout. His team is still better, but Huck is going to make the moves necessary. And all things considered, aside from his long-term outs of Jaron Jackson and LaMelo Ball, Huck's not dealing with a lot of uh, roster issues right now. You know, mm-hmm. the crucifix, healthy. Keldon Johnson, healthy. Um, other players he has, you know, like John Morant, for some reason, only has nine points tonight, but like healthy. Uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope with the absence of LeBron James has been putting up useful numbers. Emmanuel quickly, the more minutes he gets, the better he looks. Like, you know, you're... Your team has 107 losses, but it's not a – this isn't Kevin Wersney. So against an absentee team, I think I would expect you to win. Uh, best case scenario for this week, I think you're going to tie. Yeah. All yeah, right. I, I I don't think Hurwitz will win more than eight categories, but I think he'll win seven or eight categories um, just because he's got – it's not just that he – set his lineup because I think he sets active players every week. It's that he moved in like Larry Markinen, for instance, who's over from the field tonight, but still has seven rebounds and counting as we record this. So, um, you know, he's rebounds are a category he's currently winning. So it's like that kind of, I think matters enough because his only real injured guy other than clay Thompson, who even when he was trying early and was incredible, he was sitting on clay Thompson, but, uh, is Pat Beverly, who's not like a, the if he if the make or break for your team is Pat Beverly, then you're already on thin ice. So, you know, all of his meaningful guys, which is like nine or ten dudes that are probably better than my fourth best guy, are all healthy. And so, I just think over the course of the week, um, he will um, he'll mount enough in these counting stats that even as Tuck is making the moves, I think it's only going to be to mitigate the deficit. So I think, yes, seven to four, maybe eight to three, just because between the two teams, if any team has a guy who can randomly go off for 40 or 50 points, kind of like we were talking about earlier, Hurwitz has quite a few of those accidental 40 guys and Huck has, I mean, like I could see Kelton going, I'm too biased towards my UK guys, but he has less. He has like John, John Morant. And Jeremy uh, Grant. Jeremy Grant could. Oh, well, shit. I didn't even know Jeremy Grant was out. He's out temporarily. DeJounte could. Uh, DeJounte is he's not bad. Uh, my team has some players. But, uh, uh, yeah, it'd be nice if Tom Thibodeau would just unleash quickly. Just let him yeah. be the guy, okay? Out without Elf for Peyton, who's also on my team. He scored 20 points tonight. Um yeah, I, I I think I can compete. This is a prideful last couple of weeks. I know I'll probably have the number two spot in the draft, um, regardless of what I do. Um, so, you know, I'm going to try my hardest, move people in and out. Um, you, you know, I think that uh, showing off last week, I can compete in pretty much every category. You know, I know you say I'm like dead last in a lot of these categories, but second to last. Second to last, obviously. Um, but I, I really honestly think that I can come out and uh, be competitive. I'm going to win this week. And I, I'm I'm almost positive that I will win this week. And I'm going to help Victor out. And I'm going to help Max out. And I'm going to help Uniballers out. And, uh, you know, put this guy, take this guy down a notch during, uh, during tax season. So um, <laughs> I'm going to predict 7-3, just what it is right now. 
and uh, I'll hold strong, make some moves, and and try to wrap this season up uh, with with some pride. So nice, very nice. Hey, Huck, I'm going to give you uh, three guesses okay. of the state that Dean Wade was born in, and I think you'll get it right. Indiana. No, good guess. Do you think I'll get it right? No, I'm pretty sure I know because I know Ethan where he absolutely played. knows That's because he played. Are. I know where he played college ball. Kentucky. No, another good guess. Um, Dean Wade. Dean. Uh, this is where people named Dean Wade come from. Alabama. No, no. Another good guess would have been Nebraska. Uh, he's from Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, like, Kansas. I, okay. I'm he just, went to I'm Kansas just, State. There's. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking up to see if there's anything surprising about Dean Wade. And the more I learn about him, the more I was like, oh, he is who we thought he was. You know, mm-hmm. like. He was a very good college player. Absolutely. Oh, sure. That that's great. There was uh the year the SGA year at UK. That was the we were in we were like the four or the five seed in the bracket where UVA was the one seed and lost in the first round to the sixteen. So then we ended up getting a really easy draw, and Kansas State, who was like nine, upset us out of nowhere, like blindsided us, and Dean Wade was their best player, and he, uh, he beat us pretty good in that game i'm pretty sure it was all conference like he's a good college player i never would have thought he made the nba he definitely looks like uh he is like a salesman at a john deere john deere dealership no he's he's a he was mr kansas basketball in high school um and his mom is a high school volleyball coach uh and you know it's it's He's Dean Wade. Dean. Uh, I, you know, it, 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 he is who he is. Yeah, he is who we thought he was. Well, all right, guys. Uh, good podcast. Good analyzation of um, of Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, you know, nice little trivia where we got nothing right. Uh, a, a, just a good all-around couple hours of, of basketball talk. But uh, anything else you guys want to add before we head off into the week? Well, first of all, good, I think, is giving us a lot of credit for the Godzilla versus Kong breakdown. Um, I do hope people go and watch the movie. I have two weeks worth of uh, ass talk to do here. So first of all, Brennan, yeah, my ass felt bad. It did. Uh, but Neil, how's that ass feel? Ethan, you got anything to add to that? Um no (laughs) good good it's hard to follow hard to follow all right guys well thank you guys a lot appreciate your time and uh good luck this week those of you who are fighting for the playoffs not me but uh yeah we, we we will see you guys next week same time same place see ya see ya